everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, joined by one of my regular co-hosts, Gabriel Nassif. Hey Harry, hey everyone. And we're also joined by a very, very special guest, Toffel. What, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, today we have, I, I keep piping up this episode, but it's very, very special because for those listening, we're actually recording live in the Card Market Studio. For those who've listened for a long time, Card Market sponsors the podcast. They keep us here doing episodes for you every week. So if you don't know what Card Market is, it's a marketplace online to buy anything card game related. Deck boxes, sleeves, singles, you can sell on there. You really want to check out Card Market, anything magic related. So what's other card games? Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Flesh and Blood. I could talk about Card Market all day, but I'm sure <laughs> you want us to hear. Uh, you want to hear us talk about the new organized play announcement, which is what we're going to be getting into this week. So, you know, there's no one better to talk about it with than a Hall of Famer and a previous uh, Pro Tour champion. So we will be getting into that. But I, like I said, I do want to shout out the fact that we are recording this live and there'll be a video copy of this podcast this week on Card Market's YouTube channel. So go YouTube, look up Card Market. And if you, instead of listening to us, you want to watch us as well, uh, it'll be on there with some really nice editing and a good audio quality. But before we get into things and before we talk about it, podcast brought to you by the patrons as well if you'd like to sp- support the podcast best place to do so is at patreon.com slash midweek metagame no pressure to do so but that's the best place to support us <laughs> and uh yeah after all that i'm excited new organized play announcement i guess uh, we should kind of do a bit of debriefing for people who live under a rock so um would anyone like to take the uh, spotlight and start explaining it or maybe introduce Toral, our guest. You know, maybe I not did. everyone uh, know, knows who he is. Oh, sorry, of course. My mistake. I'm too excited. Yeah, why don't you start off with... Uh, uh, I do this myself. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Good well, well, what would you like me to say? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. What do you uh, know? Let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no, uh, I am part of Rivals as of now, which uh, we come in later, plays a tiny bit role in the next future. Uh, I won one of the Mythic Championships, which is now actually um, legacied, so it never will happen again. Now we have Pro Tours again. Yeah, I was going to ask, I couldn't remember if you won one of the last Pro Tours or if it was already like these Mythic Championships. No, one of the Mythic The last Pro Tour was won by Alan Bowden. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's not very sad that he can't be the, the long standing <laughs> last Pro Tour anymore. Um, yeah, no, I've been playing Magic since uh, I was little, which. Um, so like 2000, Nemesis was like when I started. Okay, and when I was born. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I never really took a break. I just played through all of those. So I've been through many generations of Magic. Yeah. I've, you know, in those movies where you have like in the background the, the pyramids and then the times change and water flows. And stuff. <laughs> this is what happens. I've yeah. seen it all. Yeah, um, yeah, you play your kind of professional player and you also have a Magic business, right? Uh, yes, we have Karma Crow on a card market <laughs> if you want to check it out and buy cards. Um, yeah, mods, I also like write articles or wrote a lot of articles, yeah. uh, coverage for Wizards and all this stuff. Like many, many hands. Yeah. That's something I find the most interesting when we get a guest on. It's really cool that basically your whole workspace is just magic, right? Because if you're not making content, then you're sorting, I believe it's like sorting cards for Karma Crow. Uh, no, like uh, everything that needs to be done, like getting your orders, ordering, mm-hmm. collecting, making prizes, a lot of like model stuff. It's wherever it burns. And mm-hmm. right now, magic is so popular, it burns everywhere. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. they, people 
especially now with the organized play announcement, I would say even more. But in the last few years, people had a lot of uh, time and coping with magic, which is obviously very good. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. people have been collecting. Yeah, well, good for them because uh, the Pro Tour is back. I saw yes. Sterling tweet like people who lose, uh, you know, he was like listing like people, you know, the, the W's and the losses. And yeah. it's like losses, everyone who stopped buying cards three years ago, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and now now we're going to need Pioneer cards, modern cards, maybe standard cards. Wait, like one of the really interesting uh, developments is that the commons actually got way more expensive nowadays yeah. because people didn't draft. So people don't open boosters yeah. a lot of volumes. And also with going to the set boosters and the uh, special boosters, a lot of stores open way less normal boosters that have more commons. Yeah. Mm. So cards like Deadly Dispute Forever is like two euros. Yeah, mm. expressive iteration, 20 euros. <laughs> Sometimes you can get it those. Yeah. And, oh and did, you, did you, so for those of you who missed it, the first The Pro Tour is back. The first Pro Tour is going to be Pioneer. Did you rise up the price of Pioneer cards overnight? How does it work when there's an announcement like that? And um, Well, actually, I didn't have any time, so yeah. I didn't do that. I assume now people will look into the matter, yeah. like see what yeah. deck is good. Yeah. Um, I assume there's also probably a lot of more exploring to do because right now I think Pioneer was only relevant in Magic Online, Yeah. really. Mm -hmm. So not many people expertly dealt with the matter besides playing the challenges and the yeah. showcases and stuff. So we have like this, this typical thing that when a lot of pros or a lot of human beings in general attack one format, there's lots more yeah. evolving and more decks can be found, more yeah. uh, styles get tuned. I would assume that a lot of cards that are very relevant in Pioneer or very relevant uh, to my mind would now come like Jessica Ascendancy for example mm -hmm. and Sylvan Awakening all that stuff like which is a bit more specific to Pioneer might have a huge spike in prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. maybe we should just, I'm guessing a lot of people who are listening kind of already know about the OP announcement and maybe know some of the details but not everyone and just refresh it and maybe I'll go through exactly what they announced. So big, big headline was the Pro Tour is back There's going to be tournaments called Pro Tours three times a year. The Pro Tour branding is back. And they have a pyramid, like kind of a four-level pyramid. Bottom level, they're called Regional Championship Qualifiers. They're a bit like the old PTQs or maybe PPTQs. They qualify you to the Regional Championship, which qualifies you to the Pro Tour, which qualifies you to Worlds. Mm -hmm. So. Regional championship qualifier that's going to be mostly at your local stores. Um, you know, I'm not sure what, what the, the, the structure is going to look like, but whatever, you know, turnover happens at local stores, I wouldn't really know. <laughs> but yeah, and those feed into regional championships. There's 11 regions. And each region gets their regional championship, one per Pro Tour. So there is basically free season in the year, right? One per Pro Tour. And for each Pro Tour, there's one regional championship in each of the 11 regions. So for Europe, for instance, I believe the first one will be in Sofia at the end of the year. The qualifier season starts early July. And um, you know each region gets a different number of slots depending on how big they are magic wise obviously not just population wise Canada for instance I think gets as many slots as Europe does um, 
and or more or less, despite the fact they're like literally 20, you know, Europe is 20 times the population of Canada, but apparently something I didn't know is that Canada's just as big, if not bigger, mm -hmm. just with these, you know, 20, 30 million people. Um, ramblings already happening, <laughs> but yeah, so regional championship qualifiers feed into these regional championships. At the regional championship to qualify for the Pro Tour, I believe you have to go 12, 4 or better. So everyone who makes top 8 obviously qualifies for the Pro Tour. And on top of that, everyone who goes 12, 4 or better also qualifies for the Pro Tour. We don't know exactly what the prize structure is going to look like for these regional championships, but if you qualify for the Pro Tour, you'll probably win enough money to fly to a Pro Tour and get a hotel because there's no there's no tickets, you know, no flights, no, 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 no hotel money. Um, you know, they're assuming that if you did well to the, at the regional championship, you can afford that. Um, Pro Tour, once, you know, three times a year, they expect them to be around 300 players, counting all the qualifiers from the regional championship, plus, uh, you know, people who are qualified from Worlds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Pro Tours will be $500,000 price pool, about 300 players. If you go, um, if you top eight the Pro Tour, you qualify for Worlds. If you go 10-6 or better, you qualify for the next Pro Tour. And then something people really wanted was a way to be able to chain qualifications. Even if you don't do really well, if you do well enough, you can stay qualified on the Pro Tour. So they have adjusted match points, APM, which is... A-M-P. Yeah. Adjusted match point, A-M-P. <laughs> APM is something else. Um, and the AMP are calculated the, the following way. Every match win you get after the third match win gives you AMP. So for instance, if you go nine and seven, you get Six, six extra wins after the first three wins, times three, that's 18 AMP. <laughs> and let's say you go, so the, you know, the example that we're giving, you go 10-6 to one Pro Tour, 9-7 to the next one, that's you know, tw 21 plus 18 AMP, that's the 39 you need. And they qualify you for the next two PT, because how does it work? You look at the, your last three, the la you look at the last three Pro Tours, and if in these last three Pro Tours, you had at least 39 AMP or qualified for the next one. So that's how you can stay on the quote-unquote train. Obviously, it's still pretty hard. You need to make it to at least two Pro Tours, you know, in a, in a, a, a gap of three Pro Tours. So that, that's not easy in the first place. But if you get there, you know, you could even imagine maybe going, you qualify for, you're really good, you qualify for every Pro Tour, but you scrub out of the Pro Tour. So you need like what, if you go like, seven wins and stuff and the, the, it was pretty cool they explained that the way they were uh, using that system is that they did they want someone who was zero in five or at the pro tour to have to keep playing to chase those those points so uh, you know maybe people were wondering what the logic was and that was the reason Huey gave oh that makes sense because if you're zero in five you're dead for day two but you could be like oh i need to play yeah and it's not, yeah. not a, a feel good but then, no, but 0-5 doesn't help because you can't get over the three wins. That's so the actually, point, so you can Once drop. you're out, you can't even get those AMPs anymore. Yeah, that's the point. That's, yeah. That means that when you're 0-5, you can just drop. Yeah, yeah, that's And you true. don't have to keep playing to like, oh, I need these points to maybe, maybe these points will be relevant at some point. I like that. And 
the reason why there are so many invitations on beforehand is because those AMPs don't grab yet. So I think America has like 48 spots yeah. to qualify from the regionals. This is not some things they're going to keep because the first Pro Tour doesn't have any previous invites from other Pro Tours except for Capenna. And also in the Pro Tour itself, if you play 9 and 7, you get qualified for the next one, I think, which was 9 and 6 from Capenna and 9 and 7 from the other Pro Tours. Mm -hmm. So if you go 9 and 7 in the first one, you go to the second. And then if you go like 10 and 6, you have the roaming in white. So yeah. if, you're, if you're doing some over-reasonable uh, results that are not out of the park good, mm -hmm. you still have quite a decent chance to play a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. basically they're giving a bit more invites for the first Pro Tour because they need to populate the Pro Tour. And after that, it'll be... Uh, so you said 48 for North for the US. And yeah. next time, it'll, in the future, it'll probably be like 32. Yeah. Uh, um, something along these lines. I think there's a lot of confusion with qualification in terms of, you know, uh, status in the past and being a pro, for example, MPL arrivals. I think that's probably a common question. You know, what's happening to you guys in terms of your journey now? Well, I guess, Toffel, we'll start with you. Yeah, we're basically not much different. Uh, Gap has the premium spot of being Hall of Famer, which gives a little bit extra. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but at least something, which is good, I feel like. You, there is a reason you are you have that title uh, but basically the only thing that pros like ex-pros now the people that started out with this get is they get to jump the first level yeah and then we directly can play the regional uh, events without playing in one of the game stores to get there but that's only the first year uh, yes, this is what happens now to us. Yeah. We don't know if there's anything coming within the next year, yeah. if anything relevant comes out of that. This is just the basic like, scheme, scheme that's right yeah. now. And yeah, okay. uh, once you qualify for one of those regional championships, you're exactly the same as any other person. Uh -huh. yeah. So you're, there's no benefit, there's no bias, there's no uh, somebody is directly qualified for the Pro Tour, yeah. except for Hall of Famers. So, so, so it's possible Toralf next year will not play in any PTs. Yeah. Could happen. And, and I'll play, it's possible I'll only play in one PT, but that's because of Hall of Fame. What they did is there's free PT a season, and one of these seasons we get to pick, okay, this is the one where I want to be directly qualified to regional championship and directly qualified to the Pro Tour. And I'm not allowed to like try and play these qualifiers and then, oh, if I miss, boom, I, I cash in my invites. Because mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a good reason for that. But, and you saw, you know, some Hall of Famers are like, man, that's, that's not good enough. We are getting a third of what we used to. And other Hall of Famers are like, well, I think they probably overshot it originally. Um, you know, it was yeah. a bit too much and maybe not sustainable. And I feel like that's fair. So, you know, there was a couple different opinions. I feel I feel like it's it's fair, you know. They they said that they, they want um, Hall of Famers to have an overwhelming advantage to be able to reach world the world championship. Okay. They wanted to make it more equitable, and as a Hall of Famer, obviously, you know, I'm worst off, and you know, I'm actually kind of nervous. I'm like, eh, it's gonna be tough. I'm I was kind mm. of you know I never had really had to. To, to, to grind, I was qualified to every Pro Tours before. Then when they brought the, the Mythic Championships, I, I kind of in some ways locked my way in, into it, but I, I didn't have high expectations. And now it's kind of like, 
you know, before I was like, okay, I know I'm at every Pro Tour, and then when they brought the MPL and stuff, I was like, well, that seems really hard. I'll probably never, you know, it's been really hard to qualify, but at least I didn't have these expectations. And now it's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's kind of attain attainable, but it's also not going to be that easy unless I, I, I do really well in the first few ones. Mm -hmm. Well, psychologically, you come from the top, so basically you can only yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on the other side, it's people always complain there's like elitism, yeah. and like a separation, yeah. and I feel like this is pretty much gone now. Like yeah. you can play, depending on where you are, probably three to ten of those uh, store championship stuff. So there's a quite a reasonable chance that if you're really trying and you're somewhat decent, hmm. um, that you're gonna have a good chance to make it to those regionals. And at that point, there's no difference. Oh, everybody's the same. Yeah. The only thing that's kind of confusing to me with the Hall of Famer getting, you get one regional championship and one pro tour. Yeah. Y your, your regional championship will not be the one that would qualify you to the pro tour that you go to, right? I think it's the same. Uh, no, I think it is. It is? So what's the benefit for you going to the regional money. championship? Just money. Yeah. yeah, just not having, you know, if we want to play in these regional championships, we don't have right. to, to go through the grind of... Oh, okay, and I mean, it's playing for that world's invite for first, right, or second? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Okay. Makes sense. So it's it's basically they said it would maybe be a bit, little bit feel bad if we allow them to be qualified for a pro tour, and then skip the cool event of the year before to meet their friends and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they yeah. say, okay, you're gonna also get that because we're so nice. <laughs> yeah. What, what Huey said his exact words, and it kind of describes not only the Hall of Fame thingy, but you know, overall. You know, philosophy is that we want the system to feel as accessible as possible to everyone in terms of reaching the ultimate goal of the World Championship every year and didn't want the competitive ad competitive advantage gained from Hall of Fame to be too overwhelming, kind of what That was said. impressive. Reading one. Yeah, For those listening, we do have Twitch chat up and uh, we are taking, we will take some questions or answers. Yeah, from or as, as, as it goes, if we see like something, if any of us free see something relevant, yeah. maybe we'll address it. But, but apparently yeah. there are also some events in Europe that are not regional championships, mm -hmm. which are like GP-like events, yeah. big gatherings. We, I think, are not quite sure how they evolve with uh, invitations. Yeah. Uh, but they're also something that people wanted as like a means to have like a magic vacation yeah. for big tournaments. Yeah, that was that was a big thing is the lack of quote unquote GPs. But I feel like there's going to be GP like events. Even the, the regional championship itself, it's not like a GP because it's not open to everyone. You have to qualify. But it will probably have that GP atmosphere. You know, they'll have the main event. I'm assuming there's going to be a bunch of side events and everything, and there's gonna be last chance qualifiers for the regional championship at these big events, you know, probably a three day weekend for Europe anyways. Mm -hmm. So these are probably gonna have a, a GP feel, they'll, they'll be the, the, the main event regional championship you have to qualify for, but they'll probably be like a big, you know, maybe a big modern tournament, a big pioneer tournament, maybe, uh, maybe have these, you know, maybe have the, the championship start on Friday, and if you scrub out, maybe there's a main event that starts on Saturday. Who knows exactly what they're going to look like. And then another thing you were talking about is, I'm guessing each region is going to be a bit different, but in Europe, I think there's already free... Um, so it's a bit confusing because the company is called Legacy. Yeah. That's organizing tournaments in Europe. 
in the yeah. US it's DreamHack, in Canada it's Face, face Game. But <laughs> this is not the format. <laughs> yeah, it's not the format, but basically that, that, that org is, has already um, free stop plans. They're called Showdowns, I think. Yep. And they're, they're, they might um, feel a bit like GPs in the way that I'm guessing some of the, maybe the main events in these events are going to feed into the regional championship, yeah. probably. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that, it, yeah. Uh, I think the first one is Copenhagen. Yeah, that's gonna be big. I feel because yeah. if people I think have the first like, one is Bologna. Bologna. Things yeah. like Bologna, Copenhagen, Paris, and then I believe the the first European regional championship will be in Sofia yeah. at the end of the year. But those are the first actual big gathered events, right? I mean, Bologna is also quite crazy because Italy is not known for having like small attendance numbers yeah. on those things, but. I would expect them to be to pretty much feel like a GP with big halls, many people, multiple events, side events, yep. main events of some sort that pay out something like actual factual 2018 stuff. Yeah, I think that was actually something that kind of confused people because when they announced it, it made it seem like there were four yeah. regional champions. And that, that's kind yeah. of what we're saying here. They're called LMSs, they're legacy magic showdowns. You got three of them and then the European... Uh, regional championship that everyone should be concerned about is in Sofia, like you said, on in November 2022. Yeah. And I think that's uh, something that we actually debated a lot. But yeah. Now it actually makes a lot of sense. So what it's actually kind of very different to what we were used to because I remember there being a GP every weekend and now it's, I believe that they're, what, GPs are like, what, every couple of months now? Yeah. I mean, for Europe, it was kind of like this 2013 stuff where we had a GP about every month. I would mm -hmm. say, and then they ramped up the numbers to have a GP every week somewhere in the world. So we kind of got up to like two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the numbers are quite reasonable in the pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's like you know, it's the first. We're still like kind of in COVID, or COVID is quote unquote ending, and it's the first year. And if if you know these events are really successful there might be more next year yeah uh, you know maybe one every month maybe other orgs and you know if they're just like kind of restarting and i'm sure people are going to want to build on that and there'll be like more and more magic to be played for people who want to yeah i definitely think that i would honestly i kind of prefer that structure because you always have like fomo and if there's only like three GPs, I feel like that's way more manageable for someone like me who wants to go to a lot of things rather than there being like one every week and you know, you feel like you miss out. I feel like it gives people way more of an opportunity as well as, you know, I feel like there was actually GPs were starting to get a bit smaller, the main event specifically. And now I feel like if you have three, three a season, you're going to be having way bigger tournaments and actually going to feel like a GP. Yeah. I mean, also... All the planning, if you ramp up to the full schedule, with all the uncertainty, uh, it's better to have like fewer events and then scale later to future when you see like mm. there's actual something more secure. I mean, let's say in three months, right, there's a new uh, variant and the mega COVID is like spreading. Yeah, yeah. Then they have to cancel four events, which is much better than 20. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the um, logistics of this are very harsh that you have to pay like the venues in advance and all the planning and people who book feel bad and all the stuff. So yeah, it's better to have like a very strict and solid system and then see, okay, that worked for a certain amount of time. Also, I assume now with like a new structure of organized play and with a new head and with maybe a team that also resembles that, 
they're going to have a different look at the numbers, different look at what are the, the data that they're gathering for all of this, and then rather react to it than overshoot. Yeah, definitely. So, so we have a question. July 15th, Bologna turn, is it open or do you have to qualify? And if so, how do you qualify? So I believe you don't have to qualify. I believe it's just an open event, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of GP style I event, except we're not sure what it qualifies for. The only, the, I mean, as far as organized play and the Pro Tour goes and these regional championships goes, you know, you've got your qualifiers at store level or on Magic Online and Arena that qualifies into the regional championship. You do well at the regional championship. You go to the Pro Tour, you do well at the Pro Tour, you go to Worlds. We actually didn't talk a ton about Worlds. Worlds is going to be about 128 players, more or less depending on, you know, how many people tie for 30 seconds for MP. That's yeah. another question, but roughly 128. That's what they're aiming for. A million dollar prize pool, going to be played in paper formats um tbd uh, the only formats we know about is pioneer for the first regional championship and for the first pro tour pioneer and draft they're actually bringing back limited i'm not even sure we mentioned that yet mm -hmm. it's going to be the kind of the old school structure of day one a draft and five rounds of constructed day yeah. two a draft and five rounds of constructed 16 rounds cut to a top eight so i'm sure a lot of people are really excited about limited being back um, the formats for the regional qualifier or for the, um, yeah, regional qualifiers to the regional championship, that's, a, you know, a store is going to depend from store to store, but the, their options are standard, pioneer, modern, and limited, which is usually probably sealed, cut to, uh, you know, top eight in draft. Yep. So no legacy, no vintage, no weird formats. Um, that's that's no historic. That's the, their <laughs> only, their like kind of the only guideline wizards <laughs> gave to the stores is yeah, it has mm. to be one of these uh, these four formats. But there's probably also some support from Arena if you like historic or alchemy. Mm -hmm. They're certainly gonna have some of those formats being important to qualifying also for the regional championship or even the pro tour directly. Yeah. Yeah, and there even is support on Magical Line. They, they they have announced that they're going to make an announcement, the digital yeah. play announcement, yeah. but they gave a little teaser, like Toph was saying, and you can also qualify to Worlds from Magical Line, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah. So the showcases, I think, directly qualify. We already know that. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, a big open event on Magic Online, like they used to have it for the mocks, that there's, like, one big tournament where the first one or two get the slot for Worlds. I would be very surprised if Arena hands out a world invite. I would be very surprised if Arena doesn't hand out a PT invite. Mm. Um, just the logistics of Arena doesn't yeah. have anything that is top two, like top eight heavy, right? I, yeah. I, I don't think they'll have an open Magic Online tournament that qualifies you for Worlds. Mm -hmm. I think it's just going to be the six slots you talked about, the kind of Mox champion. But I, I think they kind of said that you're going to be able to qualify for each level of tournament directly from magic online and maybe even from arena but yeah i'm not sure how you would qualify someone directly to worlds yeah. from arena like that would be the worst of all possible sides that the number one ranked ladder gets so you're definitely going to be able to qualify for the regional championship through magic online and arena you're definitely going to be able to qualify for the pro tour through magic online and arena 
you're definitely going to be able to qualify for Worlds through Magic Online, but I'm not too sure about Arena. But yeah, so there's going to be, you know, kind of, honestly, everything they announced, it was kind of the upper, you know, of what people could hope for, but it was in line with, you know, what they said two years ago when they announced the end of, uh, of MPL and Rivals. Mm -hmm. They said, we want a robust tournament system, we want, you know, we, we, yeah, that was the kind of the big thing, mm -hmm. robust tournament system, more opportunities for more people to play and qualify. And I feel like that's, you know, that's like kind of what they brought. You know, money-wise, it's maybe not, I didn't do the math. I'm assuming it's kind of in line with what we had, you know, at, at the end of the, you know, two or three years ago before NPL and Rivals. But minus all the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. there were a lot of. Uh, currency handed out with platinum and gold and yeah. all those. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see anyone like tweet about the, the math of the prizes, so we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. um, it's also like the first year, yeah. So yeah. you know, we can hope that if things go well, you know, maybe have a fourth season, a fourth pro tour. You know, we used to have like four, five, up to six pro tours. Mm -hmm. even something. Maybe even. I think there was a year where there was seven pro tours, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, the best people can do is just attend. And yeah. The more people attend, yeah. the more reasonable if, if it is for, for them to... If it's successful, if people are having fun, if people like it, mm -hmm. if you know, wizards feel like it's working for them too. That's one thing that always confuses me because I always wonder when pros tweet about how it's like, oh, I can't live off magic now or whatever. Like, as a pro player's perspective, how many pros do you think the system should be set up to support to make as their job? You know, like how many players would you say, okay, I think... 150 good Magic players should be able to live off the Pro Tour. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like I see a lot of people saying, oh, it's not good enough, yet I never really see, okay, I think the top 0.5% of people that attend a Pro Tour in a year should be able to live off. You know what I mean? So I feel like given the money Wizards is willing to put into the system, mm -hmm. I don't think it's actually a good idea to have like you know, some amount of pros should be able to make a really good living because mm -hmm. then it means there's not going to be much left else for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And given that magic has a lot of variance to it, mm -hmm. it's not like a super, I mean, it's skill based, but it's not as skill based as, you know, maybe, I don't know, Counter-Strike or Dota. Yeah. So I feel like the, 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 the structure of just pro is, is not super well adapted. Obviously, if Wizards was willing to put up, you know, double or triple the money, then you could you know, have that same money they're giving right now and have like an upper echelon. Sure, why not? But as long as Wizards doesn't want to put like way more money, I feel like it's actually better if Magic is seen, you know, the Magic competitive scene is more something of like a semi-pro kind of mm -hmm. thing where mm -hmm. it's a decent income, you know, semi-reliable, but not a ton. And on, on the side, you either do content or you have, you know, maybe yeah. a real job or something, you know. Mm. What do you think, Toffle? Yeah, the back then when they had like all of those aspirations for esports, yeah, and even before like in the tournaments, their main goal was to have recognizable storylines, people they can follow, people that are. Uh, oh, you got the love of viewers now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm waving because Mingucci just raided us. Yeah, so people have a lot of like. Um, they wanted to push certain uh, people, images and stuff, and then they m harnessed the marketing out of this so yeah. uh, they could follow them. Like a Reduke GP, you know? Like you have like something that people can follow and get attached to. And apparently they don't... The numbers show they feel this is not very marketable. Magic okay. doesn't fit it. There's no connection yeah. that it's worth it. 
So they're going away from individuals to actually the whole brand of the game. Yeah. That makes and sense. And then they uh, can say, like, okay, we're marketing the tournaments instead of the players. And then once the tournaments are very successful, we can expand on the tournaments being better, mm -hmm. but not on the players being worth playing. So yeah. Magic was always this thing that it was very hard to get into a spot where you can live out of it only from playing. I mean, some people were platinum every year because they were great or quite lucky, like mm -hmm. that happens. But uh, it was very mean in the sense that it sold you the dream a lot yeah. by never being... I mean, real that you, it's actually reasonable to achieve and a lot of people that follow the dream, obviously, but uh, never quite got there because there's a lot of variance and, well, you're not as good as you think most of the time. And mm -hmm. so... Whoa, harsh. I'm right here. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> but I would say it's, it's like the, the, the study or something, 70 people think they're better than average. Yeah, uh, I think it's like over 90, actually. Something like this. And obviously there's, there's a lot of... Uh, brain faults uh, that uh, keeps you from actually like doing what you should do. No, I think it was a study where ninety percent of people thought they were in the top fifty percent. Something like this, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, uh, it's actually true everywhere. Yeah. Maybe you're your hero in your game store, and then you uh, you struggle for the next level because well, it's certainly different. Stop discouraging everyone. <laughs> no, no, that's why they're listening to the podcast. I mean, that's the first step to getting better, right? <laughs> that's a good point because to me, I find it really funny because. Out of all the esports, I find Magic to be the only one where people complain that they can't live off of it. But I think it's because the it's whole true. motivation to play GPs and whatever is because it feels so attainable. You, yeah, know, really? you only have to. The problem. I, is... I feel like in Dota, I see a lot of because oh, I've just seen I'm close to. They like yeah. say there's a lot of money at TI at the big tournaments. Yeah. And there's nothing for the tier two scene kind of. Ah. Mm. Well, isn't that actually in every like art profession as well? Yeah, that I it's think so. really hard to. Yeah like reliving out of it to the extent we see on popular media right yeah. and then if you want to get by that's possible but very hard yeah. work yeah and, and i've heard like models for example they complain that only once they're really big then they get all the free yeah, designer stuff to but that's super top heavy when yeah. they don't need it that's yeah. what you get fed from all the social media and the commercials it's like yeah. oh i want to be like them because they make so much money while the the bias is obviously you see them because they make so much money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, because to to me personally, I think I don't mind. I don't mind there being like some sort of like top heavy MPL thing, like some cool thing at the top to really chase. But I mean, I I personally really like the structure as it is because I feel like this is more like uh, if you're at your LGS, you you have some sort of clear pathway. Because yeah. I feel like in the past it was very very confusing over COVID yeah. what you were meant to do. And now it's like, it's clear. Play in my LGS, I go uh, na uh, abroad, and then I go to the pro yeah. tour. I like it. I, I think the problem was that they tried to build from the top with the whole MPL thing instead of building from the bottom. And yes. they had this thing at the top, they had this idea for what they wanted at the top, and it made everything like so complicated to feed into it, and they had like not a good system. And I was always like, maybe I was super simplistic and even wrong, but I always felt like, don't focus on like trying to force things. Just give give us a system that makes sense, mm -hmm. that's good, that's fair, mm -hmm. and then good things will happen, you know? Yeah. I think they wanted to sell the dream of living magic as a profession. And that was pretty hard to pull off from the bottom because you need to market the top, right? You need to have the MPL, have them say like, okay, those are the people that have an income that they sustain yeah. their lifestyle with. 
right now they're not promising anything and they don't even like for for example worlds the 120 players i think we both played i mean you obviously but we both played worlds when they were much bigger and when they're now much smaller and 128 is right in between but it also shows you that they're not caring about the individual storylines at yeah. all Mm. They care about the tournament being uh, quite diverse and accessible. I like that, though, because I feel like if WotC focuses on the tournaments, the community can focus on the players. And I think that's how it will grow. Yeah. yeah. Also, like one argument that comes back a lot, I think maybe we talked about it on the podcast before, and I think it's correct, is that Magic is not like some of the other games because of the, the luck factor, you yeah. know? Yeah. And there's not a huge gap between the very top players and you know the first, the best player in the world, and the tenth best player in the hundredth, et cetera, et cetera. So th that's why kind of like the pro model, like top heavy, doesn't make a ton of sense for Magic, and you want it a bit more like spread out because it's not like when I watch you know Dota or whatever, I, I know I'll never be a Dota professional, even if I play like seven hours a day or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're a good Magic player and you put in the time, you, you can make it, you can become as good, you know, it's realistic. Yeah. yeah. Your decisions are very distinct from your skills. Like you have a lot of decisions within a game, but they're very uh, unskilled by being on the top of your, your range. Like what I mean is in Dota, you need to have a lot of dexterity, a lot of reaction yeah. time, a lot of, like uh, knowledge about all the, the the things in magic you can pretty much start any limited game no matter how long you play it, and win that game mm -hmm. because you have like 10 to 100 decisions like some of them very important but the most of them just very minor and then mm -hmm. you go from there yeah also if you like don't play a ton but you decide that one season you're gonna try hard mm -hmm. focus and stuff and put in the hours and you get a little lucky, you can make it to the regional championship, you can make it to the Pro Tour. Yeah. If I decide, okay, I'm gonna play 16 hours of a Dota a day for six months, it's not gonna make a difference, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm assuming not, you know? And no, plus the logistic of finding a team, so that's something like, else. You can take a break and then you say, okay, for the next tournament, I'm playing like an actual blue-white list now. I'm gonna play, practice for it like a, f a week with seven hours a day. And then you get into the matchups, get into feeling of the deck and then you're quite reasonable prepared, right? In Dota, that never happens at all because yeah. you still don't have the m mechanics to have all the dexterity. Yeah. There's like a hundred new uh, opponents with the ultimates, like I only mm. know League of Legends, but the, the, there's no way that you're uh, getting to the level that magic gives you the thing. And it's also much different from chess because, I mean, chess are very rules, uh, easy. You have many few moves at one given time, but uh, you cannot compete with any other uh, player that is much better than you yes. because you're missing that variance of luck. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, um, so I think we, we, we talk about every level. I think for Worlds, maybe we didn't talk about how you can qualify. I think the first World Championship, championship is going to be, so roughly, what, like... Um, end of 23, they say. Yeah, end of 2023. Yeah. And who's going to be qualified? Six from Magic Online, maybe one or two from Arena. Who knows? There's going to be the, um, the 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 people who went 12 and 4 better at, at each of the Pro Tours. So that's maybe 10, 12 people. So that's like 36. Then you're going to have um, the 32 best players uh, was the AMPs at these Pro Tours that are not previously qualified, and every one tied was 32nd. 
So that's kind of where the variance comes from. Is it going to be like 128 or 135 yeah. or 125, uh, depending on how many people are tied with 30 seconds. So I feel that it's cool that they thought about that mm -hmm. so that no one feels bad, you know, um, no, no weird tiebreaker stories. Um, kind of lost track, but yeah, if, if you had all these, you can also qualify directly. We didn't talk about that, but at the regional championship, if you finish first or, or second, second or just yeah. first, or it depends on the region, maybe. It maybe. depends on the region. I think for Europe, the US and Japan, it's first and second that qualify directly from regional championship to worlds. And for the eight other regions, it's just the first of each regional uh, championship. Uh, yeah. Also, if I understood this correctly now, because we had like issues with multiple tournaments in Europe yeah. yesterday when we recorded, so you are allowed to play in any region you want to, if you qualified in that region. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you're not allowed to play in multiples in one season. No, you're only allowed to play one regional championship per season. But let's say you live on a border and you play one qualifier. And I don't know, you know, example Huey gave was you play one, one qualifier in Canada, you mm -hmm. qualify for the regional championship, you play one qualifier in the US, you also qualify, you have to then pick which one you want to play into. They also said something about if you qualify online, you have to play, if I win a qualifier for the regional championship on Magic Online, I have to play in the regional championship of my residence. Mm. So mm -hmm. if, I, if, if I live in France and, and I win, I don't have the choice. It's not like, oh, you, you get to pick. So that, that was like, I guess, a couple details. Also, we recorded a video for Card Market yesterday where we were kind of confused by these uh, European tournaments. And we're like, oh, is there like four different championships and you get to pick one? No, there's three other events and there's only one regional championship yeah. per region, per pro tour. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, what I'm wondering is, because this seems so well thought out, I feel like maybe they're holding back a bit of info. Like, we used to have nationals in the team series. Do you think that, like, I saw a few people mentioning in the Twitch chat, like, nationals, for example. Is this something that you would be interested in, in coming back? Do you think it's reasonable that it will come back? Interesting, yes. <laughs> nationals was always a lot of people's favorite tournament because you got to see, you know, people you, you only saw once a year, mm -hmm. and it was kind of... Uh, you know, big catering and competitive, but also, yeah. Um, who, who knows? Why not? I don't think why there wouldn't be. I mean, it might not feed into anything, but we could still have nationals back or maybe have, I'm not sure how it would work, how, what national would feed into if it fed into anything. No, I mean, probably it could be that each national gives like winning slot to a pro tour or something. I could, I can see that. I don't think there's much hope for any of the team events that we had, the World Magic Cups. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, you can imagine nationals, like winner of each national qualifies for the Pro Tour and maybe top four qualifies for yeah. the next regional championship, the something way, like that. The way they setting us up feels like the regional championship is like a freebie. So you could always have like an event qualify for that. Like for example, there's the card market series, right? Mm -hmm. And if they team up with the legacy event organizer, then they could say like, yeah, here you get like so many slots for the regionals, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And th this is the way to communicate your local tournament scene with those organizers and to get help from them because they fund or they support your game store, your tournament and stuff. Yeah. And then the other way you feed them the regional thing. And the regional is kind of the 
the hub where everybody yeah, yeah, gets the serious. Hub, the cash so, all yeah. when you, yeah. Yeah, and then actually the, the pro tour level is going to be a bit more supreme, like a bit more exclusive to reach mm -hmm. and then not going to be as lenient as that. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And maybe they're yeah, let it, giving themselves room to grow. You know, they're aiming for around 300 players per pro tour, but that's for season one. And maybe if you know they bring back nationals and they bring back this, and there's more and more events, then you know maybe they add you know one or two slots per regional championships, and you know maybe the size of the pro tour grows to I don't know 350, 400 players. You mm -hmm. know, the the pro tour used to be between 300 and the biggest one was there like. One or two that were like over 500 at some point. I forget if it was over 400 or over 500. I mean, probably one of the Italians. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely like some some pro tours that were over 400 players. So I, I'm guessing they wanted to, you know, not not start too big. The the Magic 25, I think, had a lot of like players. Yeah, that was a team one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was I said that was a, I don't know maybe we saw the same tweet Ben Sec. His first thought he said was like, how does Team Insta into yeah, the yeah. system and that's definitely something. I mean, you can you could speculate or you could come up with ideas. I'm pretty sure eventually it's going to happen because they've all been the pinnacle of what people want, right? That's like, if if everybody was like, "What's your favorite uh, GP or memory or thing?" It's basically just team events because, well, you actually have a reason to go with somebody. Not yeah. that, not <laughs> not that you're going with alone most of the time, but the way you prepare before together, your shared incentives are so massive. I mean, everybody goes and has like friends and it's like, ah, oh, did you win or not, but whatever. But in a team, it's like your own fate demands on all of how your people are doing and it's just so much more community. Mm -hmm. And I would be very surprised that in the end of the whole journey, like if you tell me now there's never going to be a team event, I would say that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, no, team events are definitely one of my favorites. But I think, you know, what actually is one of the most interesting things as well for me is that they've announced that both regional championship and Pro Tour are Pioneer mm. and Draft. Yeah. And we, we mentioned that a little bit, but I think that the general consensus was that the format was, you know, dying and whatever, but now it's just, I think it's easily going to revive it. I'm going to be playing Pioneer on my stream because that's what people are going to be wanting yeah. to watch. Yeah. I, don't, I thought that was a really cool decision. Yeah. You've got Modern's doing well, you know, I don't think, I mean, everyone could use the help, but Modern's doing well, Standard still, you know, Kind of, it's kind of more of an arena format right now, and uh, yeah, I thought it was great that it chose Pioneer, gave kind of a second life to the format. It was supposed to to go on, and it kind of COVID happened. So mm. um, yeah, I thought it was a really cool decision, and I thought it made a lot of sense. I think from like the game design point, it's much easier to balance Pioneer and Modern. Yeah. Than to balance standard, and I wouldn't be surprised if standard actually falls off to a huge uh, margin because right now, like they realize, if we make cards better, we sell more, right? Yeah. So how do we make cards better? Well, we make them stronger on many of the different level. We can turn it all on, but um, if cards are stronger, playable, but they also should be playable in all the formats because that's what sells commander specifically, but also like uh, legacy and vintage. If we make cards that are strong there, but they're probably way too strong for standard, which we realized mm -hmm. from Aldrain on that uh, we got the spike of cards, which are way, way too good. Um, but they want to sell, so they kind of reduce the demands on uh, standard cards being fair by having all of those non-rotating formats be played and those cards feed into those formats 
and then they become stable. Yeah. So you think that standard actually is going to become almost an arena-only format? Mm, I wouldn't be surprised if standard becomes like the one point in uh, the year, which modern was like back then, right? Mm -hmm. We had like a lot of standard, but once per year there was a modern pro tour. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that actually switches, that you have a lot of modern, a lot of pioneer, and then one time is standard. Oh, okay. Well, there's free pro tours a year, so it makes sense that there's a modern pro tour, a pioneer pro tour, and a standard pro tour, right? That's yeah, fair. True. We've got free formats, free pro tours. And then there's a, but back then we had like three standard and one modern or something like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was like, yeah, exactly. I'm happy about Pioneer. I think Modern and Pioneer, as you, I think, see on about every metric in the universe of Twitch, YouTube, and whatever, is just the most popular format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think also has the most diverse decks, the most skilled players winning those tournaments, and in the end, you're just very uh, happy to play those. I'm still reserving judgment on Pioneer. I was not the biggest fan of the format at its inception. I felt like it felt a little like standard. It was a little boring gameplay-wise. So we'll see. I haven't played Pioneer in a couple of years. It seemed that people who do play Pioneer really enjoy it. And um, I think Brussels was, was the last time we played Pioneer. And also the first time we played Pioneer, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, was very enjoyable, the, the format, where we had like a lot of... Nifmizid and Lotus Field and uh, Mono Black Inverter, yeah. And even though I mean it was like some problematic tune, it was just the beginning. I remember Brussels at the former being very enjoyable. Uh, not like most of the standard things I realized from last two years, for example. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, how much time have we been running for? Uh, Fifty minutes. Okay, we got loads of time. Yeah, the question is now, how do you prepare for those events, right? Like, <laughs> Listen to Midweek Metagame every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back, I mean, to, back to our roots, modern and pioneer. Do you, do you cover pioneer regularly so far? Because no, if not, you're no. going to have to... We did an app a few weeks ago because we had Claudio H on, so we talked about pioneer, but we don't play pioneer. We haven't mm. basically ever talked about pioneer in, in years, but yeah. that's going to change. You know, I'm probably, you know, Harry said he's going to start playing pioneer. I'm going to start playing pioneer, obviously. So we usually, what we do is we just talk about what we played because we try to bring, you know, our perspective and our input, not just paraphrase deck lists and just, I mean, something we also go through deck lists, but. Okay, so at this point, now people know Pioneer is like the format that go, the go-to format people want to prepare and to practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How, as you both play a lot of tournaments right now and stream and stuff, how are you going to prepare to play, find out what is the best deck, how do you gonna choose a deck you start with? That's actually funny because there's a huge, uh, there's a set of like six people on Twitter, I, oh, they're called Tac Team and they play Pioneer all the time, they've got their own tier list. I think Pioneer is actually really, really well refined, the metagame, and I believe that there are just like uh, four or five top decks which everyone plays, obviously there could be some hidden decks or whatever, but I think, like, generally sure. speaking, Lotus Field, Blue-White Control, Jun Sacrifice. Red-Black Sacrifice. Sure. Red-Black yeah. Piles. And there's, like, a load... There's like, yeah, there's loads of really good decks, and those, generally speaking, if you want to get into the format, play those. They're very similar to Standard and Historic. That's the one thing that people yeah. like, and that's how I'd get into it. I'd probably jam some Niv. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Niv, Jessica, Sanity, I, I mean, 
probably it's good if you want to play a deck get your cards now <laughs> yeah. like, like small businesses right on the side yeah get them earlier than later because when people realize they have to play it they want to play it and people will yeah realize. Pat literally messaged him this morning he's like want to want to grab some extra the wandering emperors because i already had one he had one he's like i'll buy a second one you buy a second one <laughs> we'll have a play set yeah um, i think i'm gonna wait a bit well first of all we've got new Capina championship to practice for even though we don't know the formats yet that's gonna be on arena but I'm gonna have to focus on that in the next few weeks because it's also important for us for qualifying. Yeah. So the the, the yeah, yeah. I saw poor Jim Davis who like was a bit bummed that oh, he did yeah. so well in the first tournament, 15 and 0, was in top eight, and that translated into nothing for him. Um, the only the only events from this year feeding into next year are the the next championship, New Capina on Arena. Everyone who goes nine seven or better, so Jim is qualified for that and. 9-7, I mean, it's pretty achievable for, for a player like him, so hopefully he gets there. But if you go 9-7 or better, you'll be qualified for the first Pro Tour of next year. And also everyone who qualifies for the World Championship will, will be qualified for the, the first Pro and Tour. And there's some, some challenger stuff also. Like the challengers, I think, that didn't make Worlds. I wonder if challenger is not just for the regional championships. Maybe, okay. I forget the details. But yeah, like yeah, nine six. I said nine seven. The, it's only 15 because it's fifteen rounds. Yeah. So after, I mean, to be fair, now somewhat relevant for us, but majorly irrelevant for everybody who watches. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. After that period is done, which is end of May. Yeah. And then in, in June, July starts like everything going up. Yeah. Else. Someone was asking in chat if the pros knew beforehand because they said the professor had a video ready to go. Um, I hope I can say that. I think I can say that. There was a, a meeting two days before, so on the 29th. I actually was invited, but I didn't attend because I was here doing other stuff, and I, I just asked Reed to give me the, the TLDR. So I knew a couple of days in advance the Pro Tour was coming back. I believe it was you know probably some pro players and some big influencers so that they could stores, have these, probably. these videos ready. I don't think stories... I mean, at least the tournament organizers did. Yeah, and not not the stories. Uh, yeah, they the... might have been in touch with like the big orgs, obviously, yeah, yeah. to prepare all that. But they probably knew like way before that. Yeah. But yeah. as far as influencers and players, we knew uh, two days before. Apparently, there was some rumors though, because I I saw some people say, "Oh, I've heard rumors, and it's pretty good." So there was like, I mean, if you you're very if you... minor leaks, I guess. But... If you're talking, that's why I never understand why aren't there more leaks? Because usually you talk to those. Things to thousands well, maybe, of people. Maybe people are pretty good. Maybe this time around people no, are I like pretty it. good like about it. it. Yeah, it's good. I think the magic community is like. I mean, there's leaks. That all you know, it's in the you know, unavoidable. But, but I feel like it only takes one weak person that wants to, uh, like, be show how cool they are and uh, yeah. what they know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that was. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That there was really. Not, not no leaks about it. Yeah, I'm very, I like whenever I guess something. If you had to guess how many people in these, you know, for DreamHack, for Legacy, for Face to Face, how many people have to know to start organizing? A few hundreds stuff? at least, I would say. No, but per org. Oh. Uh, like team of ten. Five, ten, yeah. Yeah. ten you think? Yeah. I, yeah mean, I mean, maybe they don't want to lose their job, you know? It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's pretty hard. I agree. You're like, uh, you know, we'll do it. Like, okay, I'll tell you, but don't tell anyone exactly. else. Yeah, but this, like, this is the chain. So here's the thing: what happened in COVID, right? It's like when people, because we got a lot of commander orders. And like, I, I talked to some of the players. Like, why? How are you playing commander in all those COVID times? It's like, ah, oh, no, no, no. 
we just play in our close group and we all play on those on yeah. Tuesdays. And then uh, it was like, yeah, but on Tuesday I have this group, but only I play on Wednesday the other group, which is also very closed. Like, you know, yeah. only those. And then it realized it's like, like this thing, it's like yeah, everybody assumes they're like only doing the special thing for some other, yeah. but then they all do it in a circle. So it's kind so of So stupid. in that case, why was the stuff that leaked? Why were people all of a sudden... No, but somebody says like, oh, here, I show you the screenshot or the, the prototype, but don't tell anybody. Oh. And the next person goes oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. like, okay, I'm telling you, just don't yeah. tell anybody. And then eventually it's like a thousand people of having don't tell anybody and yeah. then somebody who's like well i'm telling somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm telling reddit oh, you know yeah, but, yeah I, understand. I, I didn't i didn't i mean i'm i'm maybe not as in touch with other people but i didn't i didn't know anything about um i, I was kind of you know I've, after what they announced a couple of years ago i was kind of optimistic and that they would actually have something decent and i mean the only you know. thing that was optimistic was yui at all I, yeah, I think no, he, Huey did an amazing job. Yeah, and he gave a lot of credit to his team. It's not only him. As he said, when he you know, started working at Wizards, it was already well in the works. And obviously, he's been getting a lot of praise because he's the face, and you know, most people love him. But well, <laughs> Wizards also got a lot of shit before I think we don't yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, we can only really thank Huey because that's all they've really given us on the yeah. team, right? So well, I mean, no, you should obviously thank everybody behind that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember thinking a couple of years ago when they announced the end of the MPL and stuff. I, I was, you know, I was a bit bummed. But I also think it could be, you know, a good thing in the long run. And you know, the whole like robust tournament system, more open to more people. And I felt like that was more. That made more sense for Magic. You know, the whole like kind of semi-professional level of play rather than top-heavy professional. I felt like that was more adapted to a game like Magic, um, given you know, how much money Wizards was willing to put in the system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we have to wrap up soon just because of studio reasons. So is there any last um, things that you guys want to talk about? No, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the announcement. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like, I was wondering if what was going to happen if the announcement was real high cluster. Was I going to keep streaming? Probably, but maybe things had to change. And I feel like, you know, I'm just right back in it, gonna nice. get back on the grind. But I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm actually gonna have to, you know, it's gonna be tough maybe to, to qualify and I'm kind of <laughs> gonna be, you know, not quite at the same level as everyone else because I still get that one shot a year. Um, but yeah, feel like. Mm -hmm. How hard was it like in mirroring times to qualify for a I don't know, I, I literally qualified for, for my pro tours as soon as I really tried to go. Because I used to play PTQs, but I, I thought my, my mom wouldn't let me go to the PT. So I would play PTQs, but not really try. And the, the first time I tried, we just won, um, you know, I wasn't even, it was, I don't know if you ever heard that story, but the first time I qualified for a pro tour, I was playing a PTQ because it was in Paris. It was during European Championship. And usually what I would do is I would play and eventually I would play against someone I know and I would scoop to them and you know, just play, play for fun and to help out my friends. And then this tournament, since it was at the European Championship, I just kept playing you know, foreigners. And, mm. and I got to the semifinals <laughs> and I was like, well, I called, I called home, I was like, my brother pick, picked up and I was like, dude, if I win this next match, I, I'm qualified for a tournament in Chicago. Can you help me convince mom to let me go? And he's like, yeah, sure, just win, win your match. And nice. Don't worry. So that's how I qualified for my first pro tour. And then when I tried again for teams, I won my first, literally my first team PTQ. So I never, and then I was on the train, so I never knew the struggle of really 
the PTQ grind. So literally for the first time in my life, I might have, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're grinding and maybe failing and not quali qualifying for the Pro Tour, so. You see, exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exciting that's and more anxious and exciting, but. So that's your path for next year, I guess, Toffel, what's your path? Yeah, the, I, I think what you can see is like all the energy that people get now from mostly my timeline is people that play magic revive of playing again right but mm -hmm. i'm also looking to all the people that now wanted to play a lot of magic ah i, I remember i wanted to say something uh that wanted to play a lot of magic but couldn't because there was the mpl stuff and yeah. all this stuff so everybody now who's like 17 18 something um is getting like a real shot of having those real life tournaments and real life uh, expectations of playing professional or professional tournament magic. Um, if I understood this correctly, and this is a change, people are allowed to play from the age of 13. Oh, cool. That's what yeah. I read. Yeah. And we had a lot of issues from people not being able to qualify because yeah, they weren't cool 18. Too. And I'm so happy for, I mean, also I'm very sad that people that are 13 are way better than me now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very, yeah. very happy that people who are clearly insanely good and uh, I'm talking to some of the Twitter people yeah. they know they know who they are mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, they had they were qualifying and couldn't play which is insane and then now they are actually able to follow all of this and show how good yeah. they are yeah, that, yeah that's that's really cool one, one thing I will say and I kind of mentioned it talking about my case but you know the system is good and fair but it's still gonna be really hard to qualify for the pro tours only 300 people only three pro tours a year Mm. So, it's, that's not a ton, and yeah, you get a few shots. And you know, maybe maybe pass the you know the, the obviously everyone's excited and the announcement is good and a lot of positivity, but you know it's gonna be a lot of also like tough tough breaks for people who are gonna near miss it and stuff. And but the, I mean that's what makes it. I feel also like good. I, yeah yeah, but I feel like you know just expectations should not be even i i don't have like i feel i don't i shouldn't have like necessarily super high expectations and yeah but it is you know at least it's like more you know it's good system fair open to everyone lots just, of ways to qualify online or live i mean this is the the typical disclaimer of uh don't let it be your life right Ooh. you can be the the people and the passion be be it but don't yeah. uh like a dropout in school for example but yeah. don't neglect your surrounding or yourself for trying to really play those pro tours yeah it's funny you say that because i was literally about to say i think i in my first time in my life will dedicate time to try and get onto the pt because now i'm graduating soon um and I think that's mine. Oh, it's I'm graduating mine. soon. Uh, literally in May 25th. I'm going back to full-time streaming. They've just announced the PT. So that's something that I'm literally going to probably make an effort to go to a regional championship at least. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then... Um, but, I mean, where I come from, this is very reasonable. I've, yeah. I myself, and I've also known a lot of people who didn't go to school for days because they played Magic and didn't start studying or studied and were kind of like fake studiers and all this yeah. stuff. So magic has this thing to eat you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the very good part, but yeah. also sometimes in a bit bad part. No, I won't let it consume my life. I am, I will be studying Mandarin Chinese on the side, but for anyone listening, I think on the podcast I've kind of said for the past like six months, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really do anything anymore. Yeah. Just whatever. So it's like, it's literally going zero to a hundred. No, you're doing I've got here. big YouTube <laughs> plans, big Twitch plans. Now there's the PT and stuff. I'll have money to travel. I'll, I'll try. I, like, are you? I know, Gabby, you didn't play GPs. You plan to go to the um, 
the LMSs, the the showdowns. Well, there's one in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah true. Go to the Paris one. I yeah. probably won't go to the other ones. I doubt it. I'll see. But... Right. I always love Bologna mm-hmm. as GP location. I would be very surprised if I don't end up going there just for fun. Oh, but nice. I, I might play more local games. Too. I might play these qualifiers. You know, I'll probably yeah. play some online, but I might also. Well, you play, play some yeah. in a year. That's yeah. the only thing I'm I'm worried about is buying the paper decks, but luckily there is the shopping wizard on card market, so I can't get oh, the decks for cheap. The as well as the fact of that I'm friends with yeah. Toffle Karma Crow, I can buy my deck yeah. from him as well. So yeah. shout out to those two. But um, yeah, anything else? Or no, we I felt like since we didn't talk about modern, we could maybe at least put our life on the line in modern because oh, we, sure. we actually played a true, bit of modern. True, true. I played a bit of four color on in the. In the, in the challenge, I did well. Uh-huh. I, I timed out around again. Oh. And, but I, I still feel the deck is great. Played uh-huh. a bit of that mono black coffers in, in paper the other day. That played good, that deck. Yeah, it's better than it looks. I feel like it's not you know not tier one, but the, the, the coffers deck is, is pretty sweet. And Harry, we both played a bit of the, the black green deck that Musasabi won the, the, the showcase with or the, you know, the, the super coffer with a couple of, year, couple of weeks ago. I feel like that deck's, you know, it's pretty well-rounded, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Feels a little too fair sometimes, but also does some powerful stuff. Yeah. Do you know what deck. Life on the Line is? No. So at the end of every episode, we do a game show called Life on the Line, mm-hmm. and it's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If mm-hmm. you win the event, you live, but mm-hmm. if you lose, you die, it's, and you got to bring a deck. Is Tron a deck now? Tr- is Tron... I mean, I... Oh, I, I never saw... play modern. Yeah. You don't have to answer if you never play yeah, modern. Yeah, true, true. I mean... Exclaimer, do I really die? Because otherwise no, I don't mind playing. Hence the theoretical I was just making sure if Tron is a reasonable choice. Sure. Mm, uh, it's, I mean, it's in modern, you get more rewarded for playing a deck you know than a deck that's good, I would say. Mm. But I think that Life on the Line, I actually think that Musasabi's black-green um, thing is really good. Um, black-green mid-range, black-green sag, whatever you like to call it. I played it. In a card market tournament that was organized, as well as a card market video, I really like it. Like I was saying, but one thing I think that is underrated about the deck is how well it grinds, as well as the fact that you can play Liliana the Veil in the format now because Luris is banned, and Liliana is a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, the deck discards really well. You don't need a lot of lands. The discard as well from Liliana really helps with Elvish Reclaimer. That pumps up the graveyard, as well as there's the new Witherbloom command, um, the black green sorcery. It kills Ragavan, it kills Sigardazade, Ren and Six, loads of stuff in the format. Get two for ones a lot, like kill your Ragavan, get back Urza Saga from my graveyard, kill your Ren, get Saga back. It's really good. Yeah. So I think if you have the resources to try out the deck, I really like it and I think it's really good. So I go for that in Life of the Line. What did you, uh, Tafel? I'll go for Hammer. Hammer time? Yeah. I'll, Solid. I, I think you can't go wrong. Like, the worst case is you can't go really wrong, but you can go really right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, fair enough. That makes sense. What about you, Gab? I'm still a, a four-color believer. I'm not sure I'm totally up to date if I should be playing uh, Ella Demery's color or not, but yeah, that, that deck, I, I feel like if I can stop timing out, you know, one in <laughs> ten, seven matches, I would... The deck's... It's so good when, when when I play well and fast enough, and I, mean, uh, I do well, really well with it. At some point, I tuned into the stream, and you had like one minute, and you were stone chilled of clicking one button per like five seconds. Oh, sometimes you have one minute, and you know it's going to be more than <laughs> enough, and sometimes you have, you know, five, and you know you're kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Well, before we end as well, we do another game show. We do double double down. Oh, yeah, we have to do we, prices right. Yeah, prices right. Yeah, because we're um Tama's gonna crush us though. Yeah, true. Well Soji has jumped in the slide where the, the thing didn't came out yet. Like we produced like a special Oh, uh, well, okay, don't spoil this. that. Don't spoil no, it. Huh? No, no, don't spoil it. But that is like much more fun of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in inspiration of the Price is Right card market, hosted an actual Price is Right game yeah. show with us three, um, which was really one-hour fun. One-hour episode. Was fun. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, what is it? We should do a Price is Right of our own. So, All what, right. so do you want to pick work? a modern card? That, or so, or, it's not... You pick a card, Harry. Oh, tough, any card? card? You know what I want to pick? I want to pick Lotus Field. Because okay. I feel like that's a card that I have no yeah, clue what the yeah. price so will be. You so, have to guess the price yeah. and whoever gets closest wins. Just okay. closest. Going over doesn't matter. We take the seven-week average on card markets. Of Lotus yeah. Field. Yeah. Lotus Field. Is uh, that what it's called? It is called that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. The yeah. land. I'm, okay. I have a price in my head. All right. I have a price in my head, too. You got one? Okay. Okay. Well, on the count of three, we'll all say it together. Yes. So three, two, one, four three, euros. 14. Seven euros. Seven, three, fourteen, and four. Uh, our producer, could you check the price? Trying. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Which edition do you want? Um, just the normal, just the normal just one. Av- whatever it says on average price, I think. M20. No, edition. M20. Yeah. Yeah, which set? M20. Yeah. It is. You want the seven week average? Yeah. yeah. So the average? 277. Aye. I way overshot it as usual. Okay, two. 77 for Lotus Field on Card Market. If you'd like to buy Lotus Field for your new tournaments, because yeah, that's supposedly fast, the best buy deck. Them now it's one of the best decks in Pioneer. Yep. And uh, I guess to finish off the episode, Toff, was any social media like to shout out or anything? <laughs> or just shout out your store again. You can, again. Uh, yeah, you can buy a Crawl on uh, Card Market. Okay, yeah. so it's Carmacro. How do you spell it? Because you guys, I feel like K A R M A C R O W. Karma Crow. Like Karma and Crow. Oh, Karma Crow. Uh, I would have yes. never uh, guessed We have almost every card in stock, and we yep. actually fuel all the uh, card market series, like those duels with all the cards, like all the cards came from us. Um, yeah, I wanted to say something, and I forgot <laughs> you plugged me with the thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I, I can, we'll shout out our social name if you have anything. Hey, yeah, yeah, the oh, socials, yeah? right. Yeah. If you want to uh, follow somebody who never posts on Twitter, you can do that. Oh. Because <laughs> when, whenever I'm with people, like Andrea is the most prominent one, but people follow me for no reason because I never post anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you can do that there, and then you see sometimes when those card market things happen, I retweet. Okay, cool. And what, what is the at? Do you know? At Toffle MTG. Uh, at Toffle MTG, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, How awesome. about you, Harry? You can find me anywhere on the internet at HarryMTG from Mar- uh, sorry, May 25th, as well as obviously I've flown out here to the Car Market Studio. So I think there's like probably going to be like eight videos coming out yeah. while, while my university degree is finishing, which is going to be six. So loads of content coming there. So Card Market's YouTube channel for that, HarryMTG for anything else. And what about you, Gab? Yeah. You can find me uh, learning from Harry MTG's YouTube page. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll get back in the mix, you know. Oh, Freshly dang. motivated from the open announcements. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, if not, twitch.tv slash yellowhat, yellowhat on YouTube and at Gavinasif on Twitter. Sweet, awesome. I guess, you know, thank you again so much, Shoffle, for joining us yeah. today. Very, very insightful. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it far into this episode, I think that's about it, and uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and take care. Bye.